I shared before here on God's grace is the grace of God. God's grace. Father, we just want to thank you tonight and we give you praise. We ask that you minister to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace of God, how wonderful. God poured out his grace from heaven. And God has given us so much through his grace. Oh, the grace of God. If it were not for the grace of God, none of us would be here tonight. The grace of God brought Jesus Christ from heaven into this world so that we can have life. Grace brought God's wealth from heaven and poured it down upon our lives. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, talking about the grace of God. For you know the grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know that grace. We ought to know the grace of God and what the grace of God does for us. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty might become rich. This is the word of God. It's God's grace. This is the will of God for our lives. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what difficulty you're going through, this God's grace is available to us. It's the grace of God that made Jesus to allow himself to become poor. And the poverty God is talking about here is not spiritual poverty because Jesus was never spiritually poor this was poverty in material things according to the word of God he became poor that us through his poverty will become rich in second Peter chapter 1 the Bible tells us grace and peace from verse 2 and 3 grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be multiplied, peace be multiplied, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. When we multiply grace in our lives, we will partake of all things that God is giving to us that pertain to life and godliness. And it's all through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. It's something that Paul said that is very, very significant. Paul says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Whatever you are is because of the grace of God. Whatever you are going to become in life is because of the grace of God. Everything that Paul accomplished in life was because of the grace of God. And he understood it. And it was only through the grace of God. Whatever he was, he was a great apostle. Traveled, suffered, went through a lot of difficulties... And today we look at Paul and we say, what a man. He was truly a man of God. But whatever he was, it was as a result of God's grace in his life. It was the grace of God that made him. 
And if you are going to be made or not as a, a man of God, a woman of God, a, a person that really has an influence or will make an influence, an impact on this world, it will only be by the grace of God. Paul recognized this. And we ought to recognize that. Anything that will come into your life, whatever you receive in this life, has to be through the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. Now, what we need to understand is God's grace can bring gifts into your life. If you think back into the Old Testament, God was about to build the tabernacle. He put into the hearts of different individuals gifts. I'm not sure if they had those gifts before then, but he made it possible for them to be able to do things with gold that they didn't know they could do. They, they were able to do things with silver that they didn't know they could do. God gave them the gift. He said, I have put my spirit upon these individuals and they are able to do these things. So when you come into the life of Christ, you come into Christianity, God puts his grace upon your life and with that grace comes ability. Now we often think that the grace of God is God of merited favor. That's true. But the grace of God is really God enabling you to do things that you couldn't do on your own. That's the grace of God. That's why Paul said, I am what I am because of the grace of God. It's the grace of God that makes that available to us. Now Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 tells us this. But to each one of us... Grace was given according to the measure of the measure of Christ's gift. To each one of us, every one of you has a gift from God by grace. You need to recognize what that gift is. You need to search what God placed in your life by His grace. If you are a believer, there is a calling, there is a gift, there is an enabling that God has put in your life. You need to recognize it. Paul did recognize his. Grace is not just a merited favor. Grace is God enabling you to do the things he has called you to do as a child of God. And you can do them. So to everyone, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. There is a measure of his gift. Everyone has a gift. If you don't understand from this scripture, I'll take you to the next scripture so you understand what this is. In Romans chapter 12 verse 6, it says, Having then gifts differing, we have different gifts. Your gift by grace is not my gift. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So your gift may differ from mine, but it's only according to God's grace in your life. And you need to recognize what that grace is, what that gift is. Because God expects you to use it. He enables you to. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Use the gifts. 
That's what's going to make you in this life. That's what's going to help you to make an impact on this world. Use the gift. You don't have to think about the other person's gift. Use the grace that God has given to you. Especially, we have differing gifts. You can do what I can do. I can do what you can do. Most of the time, people want to be behind the pulpit. But that may not be your own calling. That may not be your grace. Stay with what God has given to you. Walk with it and you will make an impact in this world. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy, let's do it. Prophesy. It says, let us prophesy according to the faith. And you can go according to faith. You can go into all of it. If it's serving, it says serve. If it's administration, you know, administer. If it's teaching, do whatever. Whatever grace God is giving to you. There are gifts that came into our lives according to God's grace. And people will recognize it. That you have this gift. And they'll speak to you about it. There is a gift in your life. Now, the way God works, it doesn't stop there. If you are faithful with that gift, the, the grace of God increases. And you can do more for God. It, that's just the way God operates with us. You can do more. I can recall, uh, I, was going, I was about to have a crusade in uh, Nigeria uh, when I was traveling as an evangelist. And uh, the one who arranged the crusade was very nervous. Because all my life, he's watched me, he's been very close to me. I don't raise my voice. You know, I used to talk as the way I was. And he told me later, I was very afraid for you. I didn't know how this thing was going to turn out. Because I know you can teach the word of God, but i never seen you. You, can't, you don't raise your voice. Even my friend Daniel Bernard in uh, Florida, even up till today, he still thinks, I, I, don't, I never raise my voice. He just talk monotone. But when God is calling you to do something, guess what He does? He puts His grace into your life. Amen? And as you are faithful with it, it incre- He increases the grace. So you can do things that you never could do before. This is an amazing thing. The grace of God is not just God's unmerited favor. The grace of God will make way for you. It's a gift from God. And we have to recognize what that gift is. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Use the gift. What has God graced you with? Do you know? What are your giftings? Are you faithful with them? When God gives you a talent, grace, he's going to ask you about it. What did you do? Bury your gift? Did you use it? For what purpose? Did you neglect the gift? Did you neglect God's grace in your life? What are you doing with it? Are you controlled by what you see with your eyes? And what people think and feel, so you let, you bury God's grace. If you feel, if you think about how you feel, you do exactly what that fellow did with the talent. He buried it. He felt there's no way I can, I can't make it. 
I only have one. You use it, you have more. It's not how you feel. It's obedience. And God will grace your life even more. He's going to, I believe, I firmly believe this. When God puts something in your life, no matter what it is, He's going to test you. Difficulties will come. He's going to see if you're going to quit. Or whether or not you will even attempt to. I believe that God has called so many people into ministry. There is a fear. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? What will people say? Am I going to be able to do it? I can't even speak. It can be just like Moses. I can't speak. God called Aaron. He can talk. But the five books of Moses, see, volume, spoken. He doesn't need your talent. He gives you what you need by his grace. Amen? Paul says this, he says in First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the uh, eldership. What that is saying is, is, is possible for you to neglect what God has put in your life and not use it. It's possible for you to neglect the gift, the grace that God has given to you, and not use it. If you find yourself wanting to pray a lot for people, that may be God's grace. But bury yourself in it. You just continue to do it. Whether people see it or not, doesn't matter. And I tell you, if you stay faithful before long, what you're doing in secret, God will expose it to the world. If you stay faithful, it may take a while before anyone will notice what's going on. But before long, you'll be having calls you can't handle. Because people know there's somebody here that can pray. It could be just giving. And God will increase that grace in your life. So don't neglect the, the gift of God that is in you. This is this scripture in itself is, is is amazing because they had a word of prophecy over this person's life. That's Timothy, and uh, they laid their hands on them. In other words, the church wanted them to have this gift, right? And they prayed. They had a word of prophecy, and then they laid their hands on him, on Timothy, and he was thinking, sure, just because you laid your hands on me, now you think I have this gift. He's put it aside. And Paul says, don't neglect the gift. Use the gift. Because as you use the gift, the gift will grow in your life. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Your gift can actually make a way for you. Whatever gift it is. This is the way God has designed it. Your gift... No matter how little it is, if you stay faithful with it, can bring you before kings, according to the scriptures. Proverbs 18, verse 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. 
You know, one thing I like about uh, Billy Graham, he didn't pretend like he can be a pastor. He didn't go there. He stayed with the gift God gave to him. Just that. He stood before kings. He stood before kings. People looked to him because he understood fully the grace. He didn't go into any of these uh, things like healing and all of that. He didn't do any of that. He stayed with his gift. And he was known as he was... We don't know how long he, he did, you know, work with his gift before God exposed him to the world. I don't think Billy knew that God was going to do that to him. He stayed with the gift. He was faithful to the gift. I'm sure he had difficult times, but all of those things, no one can even remember that Billy went through difficult times. <laughs> all you hear is all the glorious things he went through, he did. But if you talk to him, he'll tell you how tough it things were at times. The doubt, the doubt in his heart, whether this was going to go anywhere. I know this story because he was in California that, uh, that uh, a lady actually took Billy out, called the press. And they put a word in the press, and that was it. Billy became known everywhere. But he had been preaching long before that. Benny Hinn, you know about him. He is with healing. That's the God's, God's grace in his life. He's faithful to that. They're all different. But as you stay faithful to the grace of God in your life, and you stay focused, good or bad, when things are difficult and when things seem easy, you stay with it, God will eventually put you out. That's one principle about God that I think we should understand. He will test you. Not try you, he'll test you whether you quit. If you will stay with your gift and continue to walk with the gift that he's given to you. Second Timothy, Timothy verse one, um, chapter 1 verse 6, Paul says to Timothy, Therefore I remind you, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Stir up that gift. Do something with the gift. If you let the gift go, you don't use the gift. Then the gift is not said. Now, you have the ability when the gift is given to you, you can make the, the gift greater by using the gift. You can stir up the gift by using the gift. The longer you stay away from using the gift, the harder it is for you to operate in the gift. That's just the way it is. Yes, I preach every Sunday, or almost, but when I've not preached for about, about you know, two, three Sundays, and it's time to preach, and I'm wondering, God, do I still remember how to preach? Please help me. <laughs> It's just true. You never, you can never be an expert. You just, God, you need to help me. And I can stand here, but I'm praying to God, you help me. Because I'm not sure about this. And you can never be too sure because you can, you always have to rely on the grace of God. Because when you think you really know it, then you really blow. That's when you really make the mistakes. You have to always rely on Him. But His grace will always carry us. His grace will never allow us to suffer disgrace because we have grace upon our lives. So stir up that gift that is in you. Do not allow the grace of God to be in vain. 
in your life. Something that Paul said, and I alluded to this at first, first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I didn't make myself that way. The grace of God made me. But I made sure that the grace of God towards me was never in vain. He says, but, in other words, this is what I did. I labored more abundantly. What was he doing? Making sure the grace of God, the gifts that God has given to him, were never in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all, all of them. I labored, the, he, was, he was focused, the grace of God in my life will never be in vain. He knew what God graced him for. He knew that Peter was called to the, to the Jews, but Paul for the Gentiles. He knew that. He had that grace. He was the one to reach out to the Gentiles. He didn't care whether he was beaten, put in prison. He was focused. As far as he was concerned, the grace of God can never be in vain in his life. What about your life? What has God graced you to do? What are you doing with what God has given to you? Is the grace of God in your life in vain? You can make it that way for by refusing to use the gift that God is giving to you. Not staying focused. Being tossed to and fro. Being too busy for what God has called you to do. Other things are more important. You know, Satan knows. Troubles. All of these things came to Paul. He could have been discouraged. You preach a great sermon, somebody got healed, and then you're bidding for it. A good place to complain to God. I did a good work, and now I'm bidding for it, and now I'm in prison. And then you are with uh, Silas in prison. And Silas says, I thought when you follow God, things go well, Paul. That's what you said. Why are we here? I mean, we just did a miracle in his name. Paul says, let's praise the Lord. He says, praise the Lord? What are you talking about praising the Lord? But if you look at Paul's life, he gets out of that place. The next day, he's preaching again. Doing what God graced him to do. Do you quit when things are difficult? Do you quit when you feel insulted? Do you quit because people don't notice? Or you're focused on what God has called you to do? And whether they notice it or not, you're focused because you want to see fruit for Him. Amen? Fruit for Him. No matter what's going on around you, no matter what others are doing, whether they move or stay, you don't care. You, do, you know this is what God has called you to do. You know the giftings are there. You can reach out to them. You can actually truly minister in this way. So you focus on it and you stay with it. 
And the grace of God in your life will not be in vain. But you know, when God's grace upon your life is not in vain, He will bless you abundantly. You know, the greatest blessing, you know, is not money. Many rich people are dead and gone. We don't know their names. They're gone. But those that use the grace of God abundantly or not, they can never be forgotten. How many of us still talk about Oral Robert? People are talking about him all over. And sometimes people talk of him, about him as if he's still alive. He's gone. I still can't get it in my head that the man is no longer here. What about Kenneth Hagin? Stayed focused to the things God called him. They're all different. But what has God called you to do? Is God's grace in your life in vain? He can be anything. He can be for some of, of, some of the people we saw tonight, praise and worship. Do you take it seriously just like Paul did? Are you focused on it? I'm going to use this. Whatever the gift is. It could be serving. That's something you enjoy. It's the grace of God upon your life. Paul said the grace of God was not in vain in his life, but he labored more abundantly than everyone. I like to say that, but that's not true. But the grace of God which was with me. He says it's not him. So the labor was according to the grace of God that was in him. So when you make up your mind to do what God has called you, the power is there to do it, to accomplish it. The grace of God will walk through your life. So it's really through God's grace. Second Corinthians 6 verse 1. It says, we then as walkers together with him, that's with Christ, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. We walk with him, so we and Jesus, we are pleading with you, don't receive, so if something you receive from God, don't receive the grace of God into your life, in vain. Don't allow anything to pull you away from what you know God has given you grace to accomplish. Enablement. He gave, made you that way. No one can do it the way you do it. So stay with it. Whether they praise you for it, whether they notice, you don't, it doesn't matter. You stay with it for your God. And he will promote you. You know, I years ago I listened to a, a preacher, novel his, and uh, a great man of God, and God has really used him. When he was new to the faith, uh, he was a multimillionaire, and uh, he, he just wanted to give everything away. He, he had that grace. So on Saturday, 
he'll just go out and just fill his van with gallons of milk and, and go into this project where, you know, poor people were. And he says he's distributing milk to the people. No question, trying to do what he felt God had asked him to do. And the way he puts, he puts he's a really funny guy. He said, look, I was just minding my business. He's minding my business, meaning doing, giving out gallons of milk. And he said, and God stopped me. Just like that, he said. And he said, yeah, you have been faithful in this. Now I'm going to make you an evangelist, a minister to the world. He says, I was just doing my business. I like giving out milk. I, I will have to continue giving out milk. But God says, he's going to promote me. And he said, he didn't understand it then, but by the time I was listening to him, he was on satellite with all kinds of healings taking place and people traveling from one end of the United States to, just to be with him and to hear him preach. He said he won't take an offering because he had so much money. And God rebuked him and said, you are robbing my people of, of their blessing. He says, what do you mean? He says, you have to take an offering. So he'll tell the people he's a millionaire, and then he'll stretch out his hand to receive their offering. <laughs> but he walked with grace, the grace of God. Do not allow the grace of God to be in vain in your life. You can actually fall short of the grace of God in your life if you allow certain things in the grace of God will not be effective. And I want to tell you one of the, the, the greatest things that can actually reduce the grace of God in my life, in your life. Possibly you won't even be, you will, we won't be aware of the fact that God, the grace of God is not working very well in your life anymore. Slowly, just but surely, just like Samson, you are being destroyed and you're not aware of it. One thing, in Hebrews 12, verse 15, he says, Looking carefully, so be careful, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. You have to be careful. You have to look carefully, because you could. There is a chance you could fall short, even as a Christian, of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness, this is one thing, Springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Bitterness can actually reduce God's grace in your life. And what is left is just religion. You know, religion is mean. And people who have religion, they're mean. It's true, they're just mean. They crucified Jesus, remember? When you begin to uh, have a bitterness before long, you still think grace, the grace of God is with you, but your thinking is going off. You still think God is with you, and your thoughts are right, but then when there is that meanness about you, you're missing out. You're missing out in the grace of God. Have you, met, have you ever seen a mean Christian? <laughs> it's really mean, but he still goes to church, take advantage of you, don't care, you just keep going, you mean. 
they're constantly having enemies and suspicions and all of that kind of stuff. You're falling short of the grace of God. That's what it is. And the, 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 the thing that is the greatest pain is they are not even aware of it. It's, it you won't be aware of it. So the only thing to look for is make sure you don't have bitterness, malice, ill will, all of those things. Uncontrolled anger. Those things will reduce the grace of God in our lives. So the Bible says in verse 28 of the same uh, chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God. So grace is what you use to serve God. Not worship God, serve Him. Enablement. Ability to do what He called you to do. That's service to Him. Because you have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So you need to have grace. Not God giving you grace. He's already given us grace. Every one of us has received grace. But you need to have grace in your life so you can serve God. It's more than God's unmerited favor. It's the ability to have a heart for God. Regardless of what's going on in your life. Regardless your life, what's going on around you. Your situation. That's grace. Let us grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That means you can be serving God without grace. It's not accepted. No reward for it. You need to have grace. It's not God's responsibility. You need to have grace in your life. I need to have grace. Preachers are not exempted. We all need grace. Amen. We need grace. I'm going to close with this real quickly. How do you access grace? How can you multiply grace? We read a scripture that says, Grace, peace be multiplied to you according to your knowledge of God. Romans 5 verse 2, Grace is accessed through faith. It says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. We have access by faith into this grace. All of us have that access into God's grace. You can always have access to God's grace. It's there available for us at all times. And it's only through the grace of God you stand. If you don't have grace you are going to fall away. The grace of God helps us to stand and will rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hebrews 4, verse 16, it said, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. So you, you approach where? The throne of grace. So when your prayer, you're actually coming before the throne of grace. 
What that means is where you can find help, where you can find enablement. Grace is God's power in your life to help you to serve Him. That's what it is. That's why we pray. If you're not praying, you may be coming short of grace. You need to spend time praying before God, before the evil day comes. And then you are not able to stand. So he says, let's come. God is inviting us. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Come boldly because God will give grace. If you come, you'll go out with grace. That's what he's saying. We will obtain mercy and we will find grace to help in the time of need. Grace will be there for us. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. Father, we thank you for your precious grace upon our lives. Jesus, you said, without me, you can do nothing. We recognize that, O oh God. But you are the grace of God to us. Jesus, you are. And we're grateful that you are in our lives. And Lord, we have nothing to fear because we have grace. And Lord, we draw near right now to the throne of grace before our God. Lord, I pray for grace for everyone that's hearing my voice tonight. I pray for multiplied grace upon our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will help us to, all, to know what you have graced us with, O oh God. So that we can focus on what you're calling us to do. Your calling comes with grace. Help us to recognize your calling up on our lives, oh God. And help us to please you. We love you, Lord God. And we give you praise. Be with us today, Lord God. Tonight as we leave, your pres- uh, leave this place. We know we're not leaving your presence. Go with every one of us. And speak to us even in our sleep. And give us grace. Even as we speak to you in our, with our spirit. In our rest. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you.